WDBM East Lansing. You think the Pistons are playoff bound? And that last play by the Giants totally gave the rest. This MSU team deserves to be in a BCS game. Still and always will be hockey time. Fire Leland. You can't hit in this league. You're garbage. The offense is cooking for MSU. That's right. And a new pack is cooking, too. Our very momentous final day of Spartan Sports Wrap. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. Yes. And I'm. it's, it's going to be sad to hear that a last little, sports wrap. A little nostalgic here. Very nostalgic. Uh, if you are just tuning in, if it's your first time, last time, or past time, let me explain to you what exactly is going down starting next week. Usually, we have a Spartan Sports Rap show, which airs on this station every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. For the last, since 1989, the Spartan Sports Rap has been in existence. However, with the new foundation of Impact Sports and the new sports programming that allows more than an hour of sports content, we will be making the Spartan Sports Rap a new show called The Pact. The Spartan Sport Trap is not going anywhere. For those of you who do want to continue the Spartan Sport Trap, it will be going online. It will be a weekly podcast, probably a daily news wrap of Spartan Sports, wrapping up Spartan Sports yeah. overall. So it's not going anywhere. Instead, we are branding a new show. It's a rebranding. Rebranding, but keeping the old, and it's still going to be there. Exactly, Sharg. You hit it on the head. It is a little nostalgic here at the studio here. 7.01 Eastern Time, and it is nostalgic like we mentioned. Of course, Fino alongside Mac behind the glass with us as always for one last time. And like Alex said, the show is going online. So all you sports rap fans are in good shape. We got you covered. We're going on our brand new website, which is launching, Alex, this weekend. That's right. Homecoming weekend, along with the launching of our new show, it's a very big weekend here at Impact Sports. We have a new site being launched, continue to get new staffers, our new shows are being launched, and of course, like Alex said, we are embracing the Spartan debate, and that is the Pact, October 14th. Exactly. The Pact panelists, for those of you listening yeah. who may know some of your friends, it was a very tough series of auditions, some great personalities coming at you. We have Faith Krogalecki, Harry Jaden, who you may know from MSU Tennis, Austin Goodman and Lou Divizio. What a crew. And your host of the pact is Fino. Yours Tumala. truly, Fino. And I'm <laughs> so excited to be hosting the pact with such a great crew. You know, we're excited to get work and we're all going to bring you nothing but the best and the quality of Spartan debates. I cannot wait to see what we have planned for all you guys. It's just going to be a blast, and we're excited. And, of course, like Alex said, it is a great pact. It is a great panelist. And, of course, don't be afraid. Alex will still be behind the glass <laughs> doing all the good stuff for us. That's right. So you can't get rid of Sharg, even on the last day of Sports Wrap. <laughs> but, of course, as you know, we have our Impact Sports staffers. And, look, we have our Impact Sports staff. And, of course, if you want to get involved, it's pretty simple. We produce a niche of content. You know, without a staff, if interested, you know, just come up to the basement of Holden Hall, Sharg, and fill in an application, or even send us an email, you know, msuimpactsports at gmail.com. That's msuimpactsports at gmail.com. We're always expanding and taking apps, and look at our website. It's uh, impacts, impact89.fm. Close, close, you're close, you're close. Impact89.fm. Dot org slash sports. It is a great site. I always get that mixed up. I'm just so excited, guys. It is our last day. Very, very good. But well, and just to let you know what Impact Sports is all about, if you're the high school rower, the high school swimmer, yeah. the high school wrestler that can't get that content anywhere else, around the clock coverage, we will be bringing it to you. Whether it's pool time with Max, Max King, whether it's pin down, whether it's match point, we will be bringing you all Spartan sports around the clock. So stay tuned for Impact Sports on October 12th. Throughout the year, more sports will come and will be filled as and they more go. more content Can and just covering football from the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers. We have it all covered here. But of course, Shark, we have our number to call in, and we always encourage people to call in here at Impact, you know, 89FM. Number is 517-432-3893. That's the number. Give us a call if you want to, because today's show, although it is our last one, Sharky, Guess what? It might get a little heated with a couple topics we're going to be talking about today. And the first topic I want to bring up is MSU football. Impressive win. I didn't call the game. I thought they were going to score 23 points, not 26. So 
I lost in our local Impact Sports pool, okay? But MSU football, they go to Kinnick Stadium and they win. So now this team is 4-1, and one, tied for first place at the Legends division. You know, Connor Cook... 24 for 40, 20, I'm sorry, 25 for 44, 277, two touchdowns and an interception. Great day to Benny Fowler, nine receptions, 92 yards TD. Kings Jr., not too shabby, five receptions himself, 92, 94 yards and a touchdown. But my question for you, Alex, is this. With this win at Kinnick Stadium, has Michigan State legitimized themselves as a contender in the Big Ten? Or Fino, am I getting too ahead of myself? Now, before we get to that, I think, Fino, you should paint the picture for those that did not catch the game. What exactly happened on Cook's sole interception? Well, the thing with Cook was... Didn't get it over the linebacker. No, of course. Cook made a bad throw, essentially, with Shargas saying, got it a little too low. And it's a very tough throw to make in college. I like to call it a pooch throw. Is where it's a small window that you want to hit. Okay? And you really want to over and elevate the football where you place it perfectly for his receiver, but kind of go over the linebacker. He didn't really do that. Didn't get it over the linebacker. Pass was being intercepted. So it wasn't a bad interception from Cook, but the way I saw it was this. Michigan State offense legitimized itself and moved the football down the field, Alex. They moved the football down the field, and they looked pretty good by doing it. Not too bad. I know, yeah, you know, 25 for 44 isn't the best of, you know, lines and completion percentage, but if you're analyzing how far this offense has been, guess what? You'll take it. You will take it completely. Yes, the running game wasn't really there. Langford did struggle, only 44 yards or something like that on the ground. You know, he did struggle, 43 yards on the ground. So he did struggle a little bit, but what we saw out of our receiving core, Alex, was so special that I can't even be pessimistic today. You go to Kinnick Stadium, you win. You're in the driver's seat now if you're Michigan State. You're home. Ironically, it's homecoming this weekend against Indiana, who at home the week before, they looked impressive against Penn State in a very dominant fashion. They ended up winning 44-24. So that's a 20-point victory for an Indiana team. That's impressive, Shard. MSU has a lot to look forward to. They do, they do. But the thing about Indiana is, besides the fact that they look good against Penn State, Michigan State isn't a problem child for Indiana either. No, they're not. And Indiana, if you're Indiana and you're looking at your schedule and you're like, okay, we, we're going to Michigan State, they know it's homecoming. So they know it's going to be a very amplified crowd at Spartan Stadium. Brett Bielema a couple years ago said, you give those Spartan fans a little extra time to tailgate, it's going to be something in the nightmare. It is a noon start, so there won't be that much tailgating. But when you look at it, Indiana can't be too fearful of Michigan State either. Yes, Michigan State at home, though, Shark, is very tough. And that's what they recognize. A tough atmosphere, Big Ten football. And if you're Michigan State, you want to win. You want to win that old grass, an old brass spittoon. That's the trophy they're facing for, Max. Old brass spittoon. If you're Indiana, Maxie, are you worried about Michigan State on your slate? Well, first of all, it's the best week of the year. It's Old Brass Spittoon Week. I love this week. Biggest week in college football, as we all know. (laughs) Uh, But this is the thing that, first of all, I don't think Michigan State's seen any decency out of Indiana football in quite some time. So they're excited. So this is new for everyone, even Indiana, because they're not used to being competitive. And the thing is, though, that... I think that Indiana should be worried, though, because Michigan State, they were kind of the, the first, what, four games of the season were just consummed up in a question mark. What's going to happen? They kind of solved a little bit of problems last weekend. But then the thing is, you look at the statistics, you know I'm a statistics guy. Of course you are. You know, Indiana, second in the Big Ten in total offense, but they're last in the Big Ten in total defense. Here's what I saw, and that makes a, you make a good point, Max. Here's what I saw. I'm looking at the box score of the Penn State-Indiana game. I see no interceptions, okay, from Penn State. Hackenberg was pretty, you know, he's solid. This guy's a freshman. I didn't see a lot of defensive pressure. I know they only allowed 24 points, but if you're Indiana, where do you get your takeaways against Michigan State? At home, it's going to be tough. So Max mentions it. I agree. Offense is great, but we know Michigan State's defense, as Lee Corso says, defense can stop Indiana. Defense. Defense. But can Indiana... Defense stopped Michigan State's offense, who have a resurgence of so far. So, you know, Max said it. I agree. Old Brass Platoon, it's a lot to look forward to. The Old Brass Platoon. So it's been a while before it's been competitive, Shard. 
That's right. 517-432-3893 is the number. Remember, this is the last sports rap show. It's the last. Sad. The last before the pact. Yeah, I So, MSG is probably in need of concern, considering it is a Spartan sports rap. Yeah. So, if you're listening and you you have an opinion on that on that topic that, that Fino just brought up, feel free to call in. Um, One other thing that I want to talk about with not just the Indiana game, but from that last game. Okay. Was the fact that the defense... Which fine with rushing as usual, but they gave up a couple big pass plays. They did. This was one of their more, probably one of the bigger, you know, this, this was probably the bigger point total they've had all season. Yeah, I mean. 14, right? That, that's 14, bes- yeah. Besides Notre Dame, 17. But, you know, I don't have a problem with it. Although, defensively, they could have been, you know, there's always things you can improve on. There's always things you can improve on as a defense. And when you look at this, 14 points allowed at Kinnick Stadium is a very good feat. You know, if you pass by Spartan Stadium and on um, the practice field um, last weekend, Michigan State's offense was practicing with their offense amongst noise. And I've actually never seen them do that before. They were practicing in the practice field with noise, with a lot of noisemakers, almost like they were preparing for this atmosphere at Kinnick Stadium. So offensively, they looked very sound. But like Alex mentioned, defensively, they've allowed 14 points. And I don't have a problem with it. Darquez Denard looks so good sometimes. It's really scary. If it's not Shirley Calhoun one week, it's Darquez Denard. That's the beauty about Michigan State's defense. There are so many playmakers that are so versatile that you look at and say, who do you look at? Who do you cover here? Is it Curtis Drummond do I look for? Is it Darquez Denard? Is it Shalik Calhoun? Marcus Rush? Max Bulla? I can go on and on. The thing is, if you're Michigan State, you have a defense that is nationally renowned. And not only that, it's dangerous for offenses to go up against. And if you can steal those games, Shargi, on the road, this is where you can enlighten some magic in Michigan State season. Yeah. This is where the magic happens. And it's funny. This wasn't a game where the defense had more than two touchdowns either. No, it wasn't. They won without their defense finally. They won without their defense, and that's why it looks so good. They won without the defense. And I know, yes, Connor Cook, 25 for 44. I am so happy. And I'll reiterate, I am so happy that we are not seeing 50 quarterbacks per game now. We are seeing one quarterback. It is Connor Cook, and it's his team. And no disrespect to you know, Andrew Maxwell, but you're a great person. You are a great guy. But on the sideline right now gives Michigan State the best chance to win. And that's why Cook is in this game. Cooks are in these games, and he's run away with the position. Thank, thank God he has the position and won it because he's been good, Shark. He's been great. Yeah. And the other thing with Maxwell on the sideline is look at the fact that you're still redshirting Terry. You're still redshirting Terry. You saved Terry. You didn't expose Terry. The redshirt's in place. So if you're Michigan State, it's a win on all cylinders right now. You project a, you know, you protect the quarterback of the future, and you have your quarterback of now, Connor Cook, Damian Terry. Can we agree? Yeah, Max. Yeah, I mean, and the thing that you know I, I was looking, I was realizing earlier is that it's you know it's it's great that Terry's redshirt because if you think about it. Uh, Connor Cook is kind of a poor man's Damian Terry. Wait, yeah. He's big, he's tall, he has a good arm, doesn't run as well as Terry, but so yeah. that but that's beneficial to Terry because he can see the guy that he's probably that's probably gonna he's probably gonna follow Connor Cook when Connor Cook hangs up a, a Michigan State jersey, and if he can see a guy playing similar play style, he can learn so much more because he can kind of get a template for how that goes. So that's really great too. And going back to your defensive comments uh-huh. is we're talking about Dark Quisdenar, we're talking about Shalit Calhoun, you know, even Isaiah Lewis having great seasons. You know what's the, probably who's most under the radar is MSU's leading tackler, and that's Curtis Drummond. No one's talking about Curtis Drummond. I just mentioned Curtis Drummond like two minutes ago, and that's one guy you look out for. Yeah, he's not really on the stat sheet so much, but when he is on the stat sheet, he's always impressing. And here's another little tablet about Cook. For this season, the way I've been talking about Cook for this season, you'd think this guy has thrown 50 interceptions. This season alone, his stats are 688 yards, 7 TDs, 1 pick. Not egregious. You look at his game log in the last 5 games. 6 completions opening the season. 6 completions the next game against South Florida. 15 against Youngstown State. Goes to Notre Dame, completes 16. Then goes to Iowa and completes 25. 
What's the pattern? Every game, he's throwing more completions. He's getting more receptions. His receivers are helping him out. And on top of that, his completion percentage is starting to be accurate and going up. 57% completion percentage is pretty decent at a Connor Cook. But when I see against Youngstown State, when he can put up 68%, that's what I strive for. QB rating of 120.2 is good. Max mentions it. A poor man's Damian Terry. Six rushing attempts, 21 yards, 3.5 yards a carry. So he's got some elusive ability in him. You can't forget about him. That's the thing. So when you're watching, and he's a sophomore, guys. He's a sophomore. So when you're looking at his growth, he's growing, Shark, each week by week. And if he gets this win, hopefully he can get this win this weekend, homecoming, old grass platoon, he can get the win. He can move to 5-1. and one. And now we're looking at a Michigan State team that can legitimately, if they keep this up, legitimately compete for a Big Ten title. I think they could. 517-432-3893. Let's talk about the receivers for a second. Because yeah. Fowler, if you remember at the beginning of the year, I was there during it. All of the media was doubting him with, you know, how do you, how does it feel dropping balls? Is it, this is the same issue last year, Benny. Do you, do, do you take this to heart? I mean. He says all the time. All the time. Look, no one wants to, no one wants to be the GOAT. No one wants to go. You have to remember that. No one wants to go at anything. You want to catch the ball. You want to help your team. And you know what? Benny Fowler, nine receptions, 92 yards. It's a career high for him in receptions. He's at nine, and that was a great game. And we mentioned Kings Jr., five receptions, 94 yards, TD. Benny Fowler, we just mentioned it, those 92 yards in a TD. You know, you, you're bringing ability. You're bringing two legitimate your options now. You get guys now who are ready to play, and they're catching the football. Longs, Kings Jr., a long of 46 on one reception. Benny Fowler, a long of 37. Why am I bringing that up? Because Michigan State's offense had zero big playability come the beginning of the year. Right. None. First play over 40 yards. First year. play, boom, finally. Mark D'Antonio is showing a lot of guts and grits, as he always does. The perfect fake punt. Faked everyone in Kinnick Stadium, including Fino, out of his pants. But I wasn't surprised, because Michigan State always does that kind of stuff. And I'm excited, because if they roll like this, Shark, if Michigan State can roll like this, they can give teams a fight. And I'll say it. What I saw at Northwestern on TV against Ohio State, they gave him a fight, but it, it made me decide this. Everyone in the Big Ten is beatable. And I saw this ridiculous, but I don't think it was that ridiculous now that I'm thinking about it. Big Ten power rankings, college game day had it. Where do you guys think, and this is for Max as well, where do you guys think the Big Ten was in these power rankings in conference? I think they're number two. I'll go number three. They were five. Okay. They were five. And what surprises me about that was who they thought is a better team, who they thought are better conferences. Big 12, is, they thought was better. SEC, they thought was better. Pac-12, they thought was better. ACC, they thought was better. These are all teams. That's a big statement to say ACC. You can't, you can't disagree that the ACC is better right now. Florida State looks unreal. Clemson looks unreal. Big Ten only has one really dominant team, and I don't even think they're that dominant. That's why the Big Ten fell a little bit. They're human at Northwestern. That's the thing. Northwestern is in that game until the fourth quarter. They're in that game, and that's what makes you realize, if you're a Michigan State fan, that the season that had little hope in the beginning, the clouds are starting to clear up a little bit because the sun is shining. Because you can see if the offense clicks, what can happen. You, the offense just needs to be average. And it was over average. Above average offense this week? Yeah. If they're above average, Michigan State wins. Period. Their defense is that good, Shark. It's that good. So you look. So you're at, sold. I'm sold that they do it again. The win at Kinnick Stadium was so big, Shark, because Michigan State hasn't won at Kinnick Stadium since I think, I want to say, 2009. It was the last time they won at Kinnick Stadium. Kirk Cousins couldn't do it. McNutt, remember that receiver, McNutt, number seven? Oh, wow, great receiver he was for Iowa. This guy caught everything. You know, the, the Vandenbergs, the Ricky Stanzies, the guys yeah, that would yeah. torture Michigan State again, you know, when they played Iowa. These guys are not there anymore. They win at Kinnick Stadium, and that's a tough place to play. Any place in the Big Ten is tough to play. That was a big win. They got to win this week. If you're, if you're Michigan State, you look at your upcoming schedule and you see, I have, I have Indiana, I have Purdue, I have Illinois. 
realistically, Michigan State can win all those three games. Can we agree on that? Now you're 7-1 and one going into the Michigan game? Uh, you see what I'm saying? Now there's hope. There's a couple tough teams in the schedule. Now, now with, with the other teams in the schedule, you look at Northwestern. And when we said earlier that Indiana has not been a team that's been exposed to success. They haven't been. Has Northwestern? No. Because you could debate no. that Northwestern has been pretty good they've the last been, two, three years. They've been excellent, but they haven't been exposed to the success. You know, their wins have been decent. But, you know, they're 4-1 and one now. Same record as Michigan State. They lose to Ohio State. When I look at them... Their season for Northwestern is defined this week, 3.30 ABC or ESPN2, most likely ABC for our area, against Wisconsin. That's a tough. You're going to Camp Randall. If Northwestern can go to Camp Randall and win Shargi, they're legitimate. And I know, like, Fino, I thought they were legitimate before. Yeah, they are. But these are the games that staple you in there. Michigan State gets a staple win. Legends victory, a staple victory. They need that. They're tied for first place. But when you look at it, these are the staple wins you need to have to be great. I understand Wisconsin is a leader's team, but these are certain games you got to have. They got to go to the road. They come home. This is Northwestern. They come home after that Wisconsin game against Minnesota, and then they're at the road at Iowa, at the road at you know, North, you know Nebraska, come home for Michigan, come home for Michigan State. So their schedule is kind of in the driver's seat, too. They got their two toughest opponents at home. So... You know, watch out. Michigan State's coming in a little hot, and they're cooking at the right time. <laughs> they're cooking at the right Max? time. Max, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's anything. It's it's hard to break down because I mean, you're. I mean, Fino's got it nailed down though. I mean, Northwestern is a huge factor in this in this in this division because I mean, yeah, I mean, it's kind of you know, it's almost like it's it's weird that one big win can kind of ref, like kind can of change, sway the whole picture, can sway the whole picture, and. You know, I you know, yeah, I know no team and no coach, especially in the Big Ten, is going to say a moral victory. But I think Northwestern kind of they're not going to admit it. But you got to feel that they felt good knowing that they could they were there against Ohio State. Know that okay, yes, they didn't win, which is which is what they want to do. But they were in the whole game coming into that game. You, I mean, you that was a big test for them. Okay, a lot of people might have not thought that those teams were really similar. Now that they see that, I think more people think Northwestern's legit win or lose after last weekend. And I, I mean, I think I think Fino's got it down. I mean, those those two games with Michigan and Michigan State, both for them, home for them, both home. That's going to be huge. Now, Michigan State, yeah, they've had trouble against Northwestern home, home or away, and they pulled out a couple at Evanston, but I don't know. That's those are two tough games. But those are gonna be. It's gonna be a great end to the college football season. The Big here's 10. my thing though, and I agree, Max. It's gonna be a great ending. Ooh. Correct me right now. When does Northwestern not play a factor in anyone's Big Ten season? When does Northwestern right now, or even in years past, have played spoiler or always have an impact on the schedule? They always do. When Michigan State, you know, was it 2010 when Michigan State, you know. Co-share Big Ten title, yada yada yada. They needed a fake punt, mousetrap. The play was called to beat Northwestern. This is when Northwestern was very lowly, six wins, seven wins, whatever it was. Michigan State flying high, double-digit wins. That game gave them double digits. So when you're Michigan State, you know Northwestern has always been a thorn in your side. Although, yes, recently they've started winning more competitively, but they've always been something you have to be cognizant about. They've always been a team that's like. Whoa, hold on a second. They're always a team that's going to give you a little fight. They're always going to team that are going to get, okay, we have to play them. So now, now that they're legitimate, they understand they're ranked. They're on everyone's radar. They, they only slip three spots. They're beatable. They're very beatable. But if you're Northwestern, you have a lot to play for. Lots of play. And Patty Fitzgerald's got them playing. They got them playing. Gotta love it. Yeah. Uh, from Michigan State mm-hmm. football. Let's jump real quick, Fino. Yeah. From Michigan State football to the future of Michigan State football. Because I'm looking at the schedule right now of their next games. And after Indiana, do you know what the schedule is, Fino? It's it's their tougher part. It's their tougher part after Indiana. I mean, it is. I mean, you got those, I like to call it like a group right there. Let's hear the schedule. And it's like a little group right after the Illinois game and heats up. Yeah. So you have Purdue at home as well the following weekend. But after Purdue, you're going to Illinois who has shown some signs, some flashes this year. Nathan Shieldhouse is a great quarterback. You cannot take that away from him. You're coming home to host Michigan. Yeah. Which will be tough. That's tough. You go to Nebraska, 
after a bye, and then you go from north from Nebraska to Northwestern. What really scares me the most about that schedule is this. Okay, homecoming, Old Brass Platoon, Max's favorite trophy. That game is huge. Next week, Purdue, nothing there. Okay, following week, Champaign, Illinois. Michigan State rolls into you know to play the Illini. Questionably, you can see Michigan State being seven and one. Now you're home against Michigan. Tough, tough team at home. Always play them tough. I think it's going to be a great game one for the storybooks. Okay, then that following week, they, do they buy after that week? Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they do. Buy. That's what I thought. They do buy. They buy, and then they go to Nebraska. And at Nebraska, Memorial Stadium is always a place where Michigan State has struggled. I mentioned it with Kinnick Stadium. It's not impossible to win there, but I'm saying Michigan State's offense needs to play like the way they did against Iowa. Somewhat turnover-free, not coughing the football all over the field, and you play smart and not make dumb penalties. If they play discipline, smart football, they can win at Nebraska. And then you go to Northwestern. But Northwestern doesn't bring such an intimidating atmosphere as Nebraska. You know what's really disgraceful now that I'm thinking about it? You look at this Careful. It's disgraceful because you look at this Northwestern game, their home field advantage. What would you think about it? It wasn't <sighs> loaded with Ohio State fans. Yeah, it was. But, what? but the only thing is look how close they are. I understand that, but Michigan State is closer than Columbus is. Michigan State will never bring that to Northwestern. Am I wrong? No. Would yeah. Michigan State ever bring that big of a home field advantage to Northwestern? No. No chance. So kind of lame if I'm thinking about it. I'm like, why were there so it's many Ohio point. State fans? It's a great point. It's a great point. Can we argue that you know if that's a very pro purple crowd, that Northwestern somewhat wins that game? They had it in control. Braxton Miller had that fumble, that unorthodox yeah. fumble. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Right early in the first. There's half. talks of Braxton Miller not even being quarterback anymore, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. I think he's a great quarterback. Max, I mean, I, did you have that similar observation that it was just so red, so so red in that you know Ryan, at Ryan Field? Yeah, I mean, I, and we've seen this before, though. I mean, yeah, I, mean, it's, I, I think yeah. Ohio State travels well wherever they go, right. but but yeah, that was. I mean, it, it's a couple that was like factors 50, there. Almost fifty fifty. I mean, I mean, yeah, and at Northwestern they do not pack a, a big crowd. Nah, I think it's. I don't. think they top out at about thirty five thousand, and they yeah, expand that. It, it did sound about it was fifty fifty, and they, you know they really do because. Um, even games against Michigan State when they've gone to Evanston, that's really not been a very hostile crowd. There, there's been a lot of Michigan State folks there too. So, and I mean, you think, you think about that, Northwestern, they have a lot of in-state rivalries too. They so do. why would you not? Why would you want to give them an advantage of at least getting it like a fifty-fifty? That's so, what I'm saying. You know, it's it, that's I think that's another reason why. Uh, they've been uh, not just Michigan State, but other teams have been able to pull out maybe late games because yeah. you know that crowd does make a factor. And, it and if it's not terribly loud, and it's a fourth quarter, and everyone can hear the play calls and everything like that, because that does happen, people get mixed up. So um, you know, it, it's it's one of the advantages if you're not Northwestern traveling to Northwestern because they do not pack a big crowd. They don't pack a big crowd. I don't care what anyone says, but I'm going to say it right now: in college football, your crowd, your atmosphere is so important. It is so, so important. And yes, Ohio State travels very well. And this is not knocking the Spartan faithful. I can't see Michigan State's fan base traveling Northwestern the way Ohio State does. And like I said, that's not a disrespect to Michigan State whatsoever. This is a team that brings 110,000 almost But at the same stadium. time, one, one other thing to look at it is the Ohio State-Northwestern game was a college game day game. It was a big game. It was the biggest game in the country to Bailey that day. See, that's what I thought until I looked at the last time Ohio State played Northwestern. Look at the crowd. It's very similar. It's really similar. And that's what I initially what I thought. And I'm like, that's eh, a game day game. It's a hot ticket in town. People want to see these quarterbacks. But guess they what? They want to see the defense. They want to see the defense. And they want to see these guys play. Are they covering? Apparently not. But that's the thing. Okay? That's the thing. Northwestern did look good for Northwestern, but you know what? That's a if that doesn't prove the two quarterback system, I don't know what will. They, they juggle quarterbacks. I'm not a fan of it. They juggle the quarterbacks. It's not that you know Coulter, you know this guy. They did it last year with, with Persia, whatever his name was, and they juggle these quarterbacks, Max, and it doesn't work. To me, it does not work. Okay, stick with the quarterback. All right, five one seven four three two three eight nine three. We're gonna t- we're gonna jump to a quick break, and we'll be back on the other side. 30 minutes gone, you know, 30, 30 more minutes to gone, go. 30 more to go here on the Sports Wrap. You're listening to Impact Exposure. 
For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student, is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to boostup.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. Boostup.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to Impact Exposure. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. Alex Shark, Fino to my left, Max King behind the glass producing... And it's a historic day if you're just tuning in. Let us explain to you what's going on exactly, Fina. Yeah, it's huge. It's a historic day. It's our last day here at Sports Wrap, of course. But rebranding the show, so next week we're bringing the Pact, of course, which is our great panelist, which we've announced you know, earlier in the show. Myself, I'm privileged to be the host of the Pact, so you'll be listening to me. You're not getting rid of me, nor are you getting rid of Alex. He'll be here with us. I'll still be here with you. So that kind of just liaison into what we're going to be talking about is embracing Spartan debate. But today, and for tonight, we're still embracing debate. And this Lions game, Shargan, I got a lot to get off my chest about this game. Big loss against the Packers, not even competitive. And the Calvin Johnson effect, we kind of were talking about off air. How bad did the Detroit look without Calvin Johnson? They looked mm-hmm. awful. And without Nate Burleson, without Calvin Johnson... They were... Is this a white flag? Partially, yeah. They were completely exposed. But let's not let's not get too, you know, high on our horse a little bit. Because when does Detroit ever be successful at Lambeau Field? When are they ever competitive at Lambeau Field? Not really ever. That's not as respect to the Lions. But their division is such a toss-up this year. They're 3-2 and two now. You know, another divisional, you know, divisional win against the Bears two weeks ago. Last week, divisional loss. So now you're three and two. Everyone's all knotted up. The Bears are three and two. The Packers are three and two. You're three and two. Everyone's three and two. Okay. So when I'm looking at that now, is okay. It's not a white flag, but it's just saying how bad is your offense without these guys? Now, when they game plan for Reggie Bush, like they did, they didn't really know about Calvin Johnson. They game plan for him, but they were prepared. You know, it was a really a struggle for Matthew Stafford all day. Had to wait late in the fourth quarter to get his touchdown pass. And they just didn't look that, that good at all. Stafford, 25 or 40, 262, one TD, no picks, sacked five times. Five times. And that's my concern, is your quarterback is getting sacked five times. Aaron Rodgers is sacked once. And for all the money you invest in your D-line, Sue, Fairley, all these guys, okay, your D-line is supposed to be the focal point, the focal point of your defense, and it wasn't yesterday. You get one sack, you were lost. The offensive line was way lost for the Lions. You know, they're letting Clay Matthews fly off the edge. You let a guy, Shark, your best defensive player, if you're, you know, Green Bay, and you let it, you tear him loose, you're going to win that game. You're going to get a sack. And that was one sack that I saw that was absolutely ridiculous. No one shift over. Stafford didn't really see this blitz. No one covered it, and the left side that of the, been, that could have been Stafford's season, for all you know. You never know. It takes one freakish entering. You know, thank God it wasn't, because you never want to see anyone getting hurt in the NFL. But you can't let Clay Matthews just fly in unprotected. You can't let him fly in just unscathed. That's ridiculous. You can't let that happen. If you're the Lions, you need some success, and that's not what happens. You don't allow your quarterback to get sacked five times, and you don't allow it. They were prepared. Reggie Bush, 13 carries, 44 yards. They were prepared. One scamper for 20 yards. They were prepared, Alex. They came into this game with a plan. We're shutting. We're taking Bush out of the game, and we're making Detroit throw the football. They made Detroit throw the football because I can't say we're taking Calvin out of the game because he took himself out of the game. And, of course, you know they quoted him post-game saying, I really thought I was going to play that game. And he wanted to, but they pulled him. Receiving, it's lost. Brandon Pettigrew, the lost icon before, gets involved with four receptions for 59 yards. Five targets. 
And that, that was it. A very diverse attack, you know, throwing the football. Scheffler, four t- uh, receptions. Pettigrew, four receptions. Troy Bell, four receptions. Durham, three. He had that TD. Broyles, two. Bush, four. Ogletree, two. Edwards, two. So it was balanced. You didn't really see anything like a Calvin, nine targets. No, you know, Durham was targeted the most eight times. Right behind Tony Scheffler was targeted seven. So it was balanced from Stafford, but you got to throw Stafford a bone. He doesn't have a lot to work with. Yeah, it just doesn't. Now, so, does the bone stem from the offensive line as much, or you think it's more just the receiver? I think it's both. I mean, if you're a receiver, you're thin at receiver. That's obvious. But your offensive line has to give you a better chance to protect and throw the football. Your O line has to put you in a position to throw the football down the field, which Detroit does very well. Detroit throws the football down the field better than almost any other team in the NFL. But if you're Detroit and you allow five sacks, it's not a good it's not a good day for you. It's not a good day, Shard. You need to analyze, and you need to, they're going to look at that game tape. They're going to look at this game tape, Max, and they're going to say, you know what, maybe Fina was right. We have to protect our star quarterback. I mean, b- before coming to that game, uh, we, we've talked about it here on Spartan Sports Rap, is that the O-line actually had been performing quite well. Matthew Stafford had not been under pressure too much, especially like in years past, his first couple seasons, where he was almost getting, he was almost taking t- getting taken out of the game because his O-line was so bad. So looking in now, let's just go to the next three games, uh-huh. okay? What do you guys think that they're going to do? Because they have the Browns next week at Cleveland, a team that they lost to again in the preseason 24-6. to Not a great indicator, but it's something. Then you, then you got the Bengals and Cowboys, and then you got to buy. So those next three games, what do they need to do to just stay afloat? I mean, what they need to do to stay afloat is, okay, they need to protect their quarterback. They need to protect their quarterback because when you're so thin at receiver, protect Stafford. But that's the thing. Haven't they protected their quarterback up until this point? They have. But when right. You, well, they so ha- that, that's not the problem then. Right now. That, because One uh, bad game, that happens. I understand, but this is Green Bay. You see what I'm saying? This is Green Bay. They're, okay, who are they protecting the quarterback against? Arizona? They lost. But, but wouldn't you say Green Bay is a probably top one of the better defenses? Yeah, but then again, if I'm looking at Green Bay, I mean, I didn't see that against Chicago. The Chicago game, I mean, we look at it. See, and, and that's why my argument is that Calvin Johnson is the reason why the Lions aren't playing well. I mean, it's a fair point. I mean, you need Calvin in that game, Shark. But when you look so at So you're it, saying if Calvin was in that game, it's the O-line nonetheless. If Calvin's in that game? If he's not. That, the O-line was the, the, was the deciding factor in them losing. I think it's a big part of it, of course. Because you got to remember, when you're getting sacked five times, there's two reasons why you're getting sacked. A, you're not being protected. That's obvious. And two, you're holding the football for too long. You got inexperienced receiving, Charg. You know, Matthew Stafford knows. Okay, these guys know. You know, Burleson knows. You know, Calvin Johnson knows. These guys know when to be open. You know, how many times do you hit? Do they hit Burleson on a quick route? How many times do they hit Calvin Johnson on something very quick or downfield? See what I'm saying? These are your security blankets for your quarterback. Yes, I understand against the Bears when they played at home, they only had one sack. So I would argue is that the, the key to victory for the Lions is protecting your quarterback because that's where your offense is stemmed around, is protecting the quarterback, making sure he can make accurate throws downfield. That's what you need to do. And you got to allow these guys to get pressure, too. Ansa didn't get any pressure. Sue, nothing really. Fairly, nothing really. So defensively speaking, they didn't really do anything either, Max. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, and we saw last week that the the defensive line was phenomenal. Yeah, you know, they were getting they were getting turnovers, Pressure, defensive turn- touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it was great. So, I mean, you just got. I mean, I think you said it. I mean, it's the, we don't we don't want to beat a dead horse too much. You got to you got to protect the quarterback and you got to play defense in this league. And if you do that, you're going to put yourself in a good uh, good position to win. But playoff wise, is it too early to talk? Um, I, I would say so because this is the this is why I say it's too early. They got an upcoming four game stretch, and they got the buy sandwich in between. You got at Cleveland, which should be a win. You're home to Cincinnati, which is a tough team. Should be a win. Should be a win at home. But Cincinnati is so weird. They lose to Brian Hoyer. They lose to Brian Hoyer. They beat Tom Brady. Hey, what's wrong with Brian Hoyer? Well, what's wrong with Brian Hoyer? I, I mean, poor guy tore his ACL and on atrocious. Doesn't matter. He's, he's Brian Hoyer. I understand that. But if you're Cincinnati, you're. You see Kirk Cousins? I understand, but when you're Cincinnati, you know, you, you, you beat, you know, you beat Roethlisberger, you beat Aaron Rodgers, you beat Tom Brady, you lose to Brian Hoyer. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't look too good. And Brian Hoyer is someone they really want to bite back. It's a playoff team. Cleveland isn't. 
No disrespect. If you're Cleveland, if you're James Harrison, if you're Ray Malaluga, if you're Pac-Man Jones or Adam Jones, as he calls himself now, you don't expect to lose this. Is, is Green Bay a playoff team? Yeah, of course. I think Green Bay's a playoff team. I don't know. Really? I don't know. Look at look at look who's winning in the division right now. I mean, right now, oh, Green Bay's two and two. I, I made a correction. I thought they were three and two. I forgot they had the bye. So they're two and two. Um, okay, but they've lost in Cincinnati and they've lost at France San Fran. Exactly. And we're playing Cincy. And you're playing Cincy, and that's a big thing. They beat us, but they, they lost to Cincy. Remember, they went to Cincy. So you got, you know, Detroit's got Cincinnati at home. But does does, does home field advantage matter as much as, as college? Oh, without a doubt. Look at the NFL. Do, do I think Detroit can go to Soldier Field and win? No way. I don't think they can go to Chicago and win. But when Chicago comes to Ford Field, that's when Detroit looks good. It's a no-disrespect thing. I think home field in the NFL is huge. Don't tell that. to. What about Seattle? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. See, see, Seattle can beat anyone at home, but on the road, they don't know. Look at Indianapolis. At home, they protect the fort, even though Miami went in there and won. But see what I'm saying? Those are the little things that matter in the NFL is protecting it. So if you're Detroit, at Cleveland, home to Cincinnati, home to Dallas, good game. You get your bye at Chicago, at Pittsburgh, and then that's when it kind of opens up a little bit. Sure. And then you end the schedule. You know, you're home to Baltimore on Monday night. You go to, you know, you're home to the Giants who can't beat anyone. And then you have Minnesota at the end, who, you know, week one, they gave you a fight. Fair. So, yeah. something to talk about. And, you know, Lions have it all cut, you know, cut for themselves. Play smart. All right. So, so to cap this off, it, was it a scare? Was it a scare last game? Yeah, it was Very a scare. Simple. They put nine points on the board chart. They put nine. But that was without Calvin. I understand that. I don't think we could make the same argument unless Calvin's playing. So, are you saying if Calvin's out, let's just say Calvin, you know, breaks his knee, God mm-hmm. forbid, is the season over? See what I'm saying? I think we have to wait until Calvin comes back. And then see if they put up nine. I mean, points. I hope Calvin comes back. He's on my fantasy team. But think about it: the only game they they put up nine points is when Calvin wasn't playing. Yeah, I mean, look. So what I would say is he's the Miguel Cabrera for the Lions. To an extent, can the Tigers win without Miguel Cabrera? Yes, 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 yes. Of course. You think they could? Yes, I do. Think. I don't even think so. I do, I do think that. he didn't even have an RBI today. Doesn't matter. Just he saying. still got hits. Yeah, they got hits. I mean, look, you can win without Miguel, bro. Come on, you can win without Miguel and. You should be able to win without Stafford. You should have a depleted core. Max? First of all, the Tigers lost one game that Miguel, out of the games that Miguel Cabrera didn't play. They only lost one of those games. So they can win without yeah, him. Yeah, they can win without him. Calvin Johnson is, is I think, a little bit of a different story, though. It is, it is a very fair it, comparison. Just because... Different sport, though. He's such a... I mean, not that Miguel Cabrera isn't, but he's just such a freak in his position. Yeah. There's just... You can't compare him to anyone else. Not that, I mean, Miguel Cabrera is the same thing, but, I mean, at the same time, though, I've always had the mindset... If you're a professional athlete, it does not matter if you have a Calvin Johnson or not. You have to compete, and you have to. The, uh, yeah, so yes, it. yes. They build that team around Calvin Johnson, but at the same time, you're a professional athlete. You got to win a game. That's why you get millions. That's why you get paid millions of dollars to do exactly what Max said. Give us a call five one seven four three two three eight nine three. That's what we're doing here on Sports Rap Fino Sharg alongside Max behind the glass, of course. And let's kind of you know liaison out of our Tigers. I mean, I'm sorry, out of our lines into our Tigers. Right. And we'll, we'll do Tigers for about seven minutes, yeah. and then for at seven fifty, we'll take the last ten minutes and and do a little bit of a, a nostalgic recap. A nostalgic recap. A nostalgic recap. Now, for anyone who went to the game today, I'm sorry. And this is a shout out to Michael Heiger if you're listening. I told you the game was going to be at one o'clock today last week. He said it was going to be at seven. I'm like, Heiger, it will be at one o'clock. So just a little check there, check on Heiger there. But okay, where was the roar today for the Tigers? Where was the yeah. roar? Yeah, I'm, I'm mind-boggled. I'm and it's kind of upsetting. You know, it was upsetting as a Tiger fan to look at the score and to really watch him play, and I didn't really see a lot. I didn't see a lot because I thought Sanchez did not pitch his best. He allowed cupcake balls. Anyone who didn't watch the game, you're lucky. Four and a third for Sanchez. Eight hits, six runs, five earned, two walks, six strikeouts, three home runs. But allowed. at the same time, that is Sanchez. That's your three. Three home runs allowed. But that's your three pitcher. You figure the first with Scherzer Verlander, that's that's two wins. That's the guy that struck out over two hundred guys last year or this season. Right, right. But I'm saying I, I don't think it's this this the Sanchez. Con- I wouldn't take Sanchez as the biggest concern. No, no, no. I'm not saying he's the biggest concern. I'm just saying he looked horrible today. He allowed three home runs. And Matt Vescurge of MLB Network mentioned this, and Jim Cat as well, color commentary of MLB Network. He said this: We wondered when the home run would come to play in this series. Lo and behold. Now it has come to play. So when I'm looking at it, home runs were a big factor in this game, Max. They looked very good, Oakland. And here's the thing. If you're a Tigers fan, are you scared? Are you scared? 
And are you thinking about throwing Scherzer on three days rest tomorrow? Yes, that you're scared. No on Scherzer. But I want to get back to the home run thing because that's a great point. Yeah. Coming into the postseason, okay, in the regular season, Anibal Sanchez has only thrown, given up nine home runs. Yeah. So he gave up a third of, of a home run. To- of his whole total. And, and nine is, is phenomenal. The league average is about 20. So you think about that, that's, that's extremely well. And so... It's kind of making nervous because this is kind of what we saw last time Oakland was in Detroit. They absolutely just took him to the cleaner. They took him. And so, I mean, it's Mr. Fister tomorrow night, and it's do or die. And it, it just seems it's too good of a team to only win one or one of those games. But at the same time, they've only scored in two innings in this series. It's that's the thing. You're relying. Two innings. You're re- wow. You're relying the payroll that Dombrowski put for his goal. You're relying. On Doug Fister for for the last three years of their decade. Boy, would I be so upset. I'd be lying to you if I told you I wouldn't be upset. If Oakland beat Detroit, you get all those baseball people, sabermetrics people coming out and say, we don't need a big salary. You don't need a big salary to beat the big teams. You don't need this and that, 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 that. Yada, yada, yada. But guess what, big salary people? Big salary wins championships. And little salary people, what has Oakland won with the little salary? Beside a division title. That's what I thought. Because you see what I'm saying? They've won nothing. They've won nothing with it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Detroit, I'm not worried. I'm a little worried, but I'm not worried if that makes any sense. Well, at the same time, it's like you're a D2 school in college basketball who beats a D1 program. If you're Appalachian State, are you winning anything? No, you're winning that game. Yeah, you're but, winning the series. But here's my spinoff on that. You still get the same amount of scholarships available. So you said you have the same, you know, you don't have the same resources, but you have the same amount of scholarships. See what I'm saying? So it's kind of interesting. But with Oakland, I think Oakland isn't a good place to win this series. But I think Detroit wins game four. Mr. Fister, I would disagree, though. I think you throw Scherzer out here. The reason why they're not going to because Detroit is in that ALCS state of mind. And they need to get out of that. Because right now they're down 2-1. Get out of that ALCS state of mind and try to win these games. Because, listen, you throw Scherzer out on short rest tomorrow— I mean, they're most likely not going to do this. But you throw them out tomorrow, and then you get that travel day on Tuesday. Wednesday, you're in Oakland. You're throwing Verlander. I'm confident with that. I'm very confident that Detroit can come in those two games, four and five, and win those both of them. They can do that. But the thing is, Detroit has to start scoring runs. They need to start producing an offense that we've seen all year that is the best offense in the Major League Baseball. They scored in only two innings, like Max mentioned. Only two innings. Game two, they lose one nothing. I'm sorry, you can't be losing to Oakland one nothing because the smaller the score is, that plays to Oakland's strength. You cannot have that, Alex. You can't have that. So, are you concerned? Are you really concerned about this Detroit team? Of course. I mean, of course. I mean, this is this is the team that has one goal to win the championship, and you're facing brink of elimination with Doug Fister on the mound in the first round of the division series. You lose tomorrow. Leland gone. Leland gone. Absolutely. Max? I say no. I agree. No. You can't How? Fire. How? They, they gave him six years. It's been since 07, I think, right? 07. Yeah, I mean, they have. I mean, no, no, no. It's been longer than that. It was 06. 06. It's been since 06 because he was pitching in that World Series. You have Series. to let him go. You, you have you to. You want to hear something crazy? As a Detroit manager, Jim Leland is 0-8 in the last eight World Series games. Haven't even won a World Series game in the last two appearances. It's kind of crazy to think about. And that. this is the all-star coach. Yeah, I mean, but you can't really analyze. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, any, yeah I mean, it's the all-star. Yeah, they're the best team. I mean, the I mean, look at the Mets. The all-star bench coach. What does that say? That's awful. So it doesn't really say much. But you're Detroit. You're a little concerned. Fielder two for four, good game. Vmart one for four, ribby, and Johnny Peralta, my man, my man, one for four, two ribbies. Got a big, big hit, and I loved watching Johnny score it. Ah, it was great. Good to see. Mm-hmm. And Iglesias, I'm done with him. I'm done with this Iglesias guy. Why? I gee, he can't hit. He's not hitting. And in an offense, let's just look. He's, he, hit, he's hitting earlier on. Yeah, he's batting 111 in the postseason, and he's not doing anything. And he's struggling. He's young. He is young. Yeah, he's young, but this is a game where you're expected to win. You're expected to win these games. I mean, 
Look at, you know, Josh Reddick. One for four. He's batting 182, but the guy had a solo poke. Yeah, in the but you're inning. telling me that there are guys um, on the on the the Red Sox that 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 hit well in the postseason. Every team has guys that don't play well in the postseason. Yeah, of course. Though. Look at David Sorry. Ortiz. He struggled. Yeah, he, I, I was but, just about to he, throw him out. But he's killing it. The guy has four home runs this postseason. See mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. So how egregious does it look? Anyways, five one seven four three two three eight nine three, and it's about that time. It's about ten minutes before the show is over. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, the Spartan Sports Wrap is going to be rebranded online. That's right. Starting next Monday, a new show, embracing Spartan debate, called The Pact, will be the landing Pact. in East Lansing on eighty-eight point nine. And Spartan Sports Wrap will be going online for now. It will probably become more of a newscast, more of a wrap-up of Spartan Sports Show. But for the last 10 minutes, Vino, I just want to basically, from 1989 up until now, in 2013, I want to talk about, for the time that we've been here, some of the best memories that I've seen, that you've seen. Probably a little different from me, because I've been here longer. Mm. But some of the best memories from Sports Rat. I mean, I've had a lot of great memories here at Sports Rap. Um, it's been an honor to be a part of Spartan Sports Rap. It started, uh, it was two summers ago, it was summer of 2012, I believe it was, where I kind of filled in for um, co-host, and I filled in with Alex. It was a blast to finally get on board, and we've kind of taken that ever since, and I've, I've loved every minute of it. And How about your favorite guests? Wow, there's so many. Uh, my favorite guests would ha- probably have to have been, uh, man... You know who I love. You know who I love having on the show. And it's a big statement. I love talking Spartan football with him, Stephen Brooks. Wherever you are, one of my favorite guests on the show to talk about. You are absolutely outstanding to just converse with, and many memories at Spartan Sports Rap, and you're one of them. Yeah, yeah I think for me, the, the my most favorite guest is Dan Dickerson. Yeah, he was. Uh, the fact that L.A. is a professor here in Michigan State, who I'm sure many people listening probably know, a good friend of ours. Yeah, well, you know, L.A. L.A.'s husband is Dan. And it was cool having Dan talking Tiger baseball. When he was talking to us, he was live from spring training, which yeah, is pretty cool. Which so. is pretty neat. And, you know, for you don't know, if you guys don't know Dan Dickerson, play-by-play voice of the Tigers on the radio on the the ticket. Um, he's a great guy. We've been privileged to meet him. And he's a class act. So that's another great host. And, you yeah. know, a lot of memories here. Um, Clarissa Bell was a great one. Yeah, yeah. Clarissa Bell, when she came on, she I, was great. Dan Tyler is pretty good friends with her. So really, yeah. So um, wouldn't even. So know. yeah, very cool when Clarissa came on. Yeah, there's just it's just been a lot of great yeah. memories. Larry Lage from the AP. Yeah, Larry Lage has been great. There's, you know, there's been a lot of core and he following. used to host the sports rap, just like Mike Valeni has as well. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot. Of, we gotta get him on. Yeah, um, we'll figure something out for him. But uh, you know, it's just been a, a great time to be part of the sports rap. And of course, like Alex mentioned, don't be you know don't be afraid. Spartan sports rap is going online. Most likely, Alex will not leave you. He'll still be behind the glass for the pact. Pact debuting. October 14th, and it's a great, it's Embracing the Spartan Debate with a panelist hosted by myself and four other panelists, Faith, Harry, um, Austin, and Lou. Great guys, great personality. We're very excited um, to have them all, and it's just going to be real exciting in the back. Max, Max, favorite memory? Well, I, I, I got to agree. I don't want to repeat, but I, I love the Dan Dickerson, uh, Dan Dickerson interview. He's great, isn't he? Clister Bell was great, too. So those are probably my top two. As far as me personally, I actually I want to spin this back to you guys, too, because when I was on the sports up with Alex earlier this summer, one of the shows I had the hard time not laughing on air was we were talking about Jay Harris, the Michigan State recruit who got his scholarship taken away because of his quote-unquote rap career. And I remember we played we played what we could have played that that's FCC right that the FCC is yeah. not going to get on a song. So what three part, seconds of the song? Part of yeah, part of his songs. And I remember looking at Alex and we were dying, but we couldn't. We didn't want to laugh over the song. And so that was a great moment for me because it was too funny. Because that's just a that's a hilarious score. I mean that's that's you cannot tee up a goon of the week better than Jay Harris. I mean that is the goon. It should. We should rename it Jay Harris Goon of the Week. It would be like a. It'd be like a sponsorship thing. Oh but, uh, my goodness! There's a lot of fun memories here. You know, obviously we're now in autumn, but a lot of fun summer memories also at Impact Sports. Um, my favorite summer memory probably would have to be going to the going to the Lugnuts game was just an absolute blast. I mean, 
Danny Cryer, wherever you are in East Lansing, if you're listening, uh, I love you. But um, essentially, it was just a fun, fun time. And of course, special thanks to Jennifer Swanchara. You know, she is the PA announcer of the Lugnuts, and she is wonderful. She hosts a host, Bumps at Spike, here at Impact Sports, and she does host, does she host the Nut? Does she host the Nut? The Daily yeah. Nut. The, yes. daily, the nut. daily Nut. A personal or- favorite of mine. Jennifer Swanchera, by the way, a big fan favorite here here at uh, Impact Sports, and that I, you know what we need to do? A, a big future plan for Impact Sports, we need to have a live broadcast from from Oldsmobile oh. o- o- Park, or I guess now Cooley Law School Stadium. Cooley Law School. We have to have... We got to host the pack there. Something out there. So don't think I'm crazy, audience, because the pact um, is a new show coming up. And of course, and I just mentioned the nut and nothing inappropriate. It is our daily you know, podcast talking about lug nuts baseball, class A single A affiliate for the Toronto Blue Jays. So that is my summer memory of Impact Sports. Had to have been Miss Jennifer Swanchara's lug nuts. And it was a fun time. And we do have Aaron Jordan, one of our sports members in the studio, host Aaron, of the Lions Den, the Lions, which will be coming at you. Real excited for the Lions Den. A lot to talk about at the Lions, though, this week, kiddo. Um, the Lions look something else, as we just spoke about. So we got all these hosts coming up. We have all these shows. Of course, the pack, like we mentioned, is being rebranded. Sharg, of course, we're not losing Sharg, everyone. Sharg stays here. Max stays with us as long as we're going to keep Max as long as we can. Until until the end of this semester. It's yeah, going to be sad. That's right. It's going to be sad, and this is a sad day already as it is, but we still got Max for the time being. Yeah. We, also, we also can't forget our fantastic summer series this summer. Oh, where we yeah. have our Impact That's Sports right. staff That's on, right. including Aaron Jordan himself and Mr. Anthony Serafino with the legendary Dan Cryer. Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> that was fun. I mean... Listen, I obviously love hosting with Shargi. This is our ninth show, I think, in the ro- in a row. Um, but Dan Cryer was definitely someone. If you haven't met Danny Cryer, he is a personality of himself. I mean, this guy is class. And also, speaking of show hosting, he hosts our Walk the Line show, which is his kind of Vegas take on all the sports. So it's a really interesting show. He's got the world's best jingle. I swear he's got the world's best jingle I've ever heard in my life, and it's funny, funny, funny. You'll hear it, too. Uh, I want to give a quick flashback and uh, more of a special shout to those who have been supporters of the Sports Hub along the way. absolutely. Larry Lade from Mike Vitale, building it from scratch. Larry Marasco in New York, if you're listening, uh, appreciate what you've done over the years for the Sports Wrap. Also, bringing back the memories when Dave Herringue and Megan Bauman, when they were hosting before me... Back in 2010, uh, yeah, I mean, they set the stage for for Impact Sports now. So They set the stage. Everybody did. Everyone did. I mean, that's pretty much what we're saying is we wouldn't, you know, myself, Alex, Max, Aaron, we all wouldn't be here without the support of all the people over the years who have supported, you know, the Impact, have supported college student radio, college student radio, have supported, of course, like I said, the station, and more importantly, the show. So, of course, special thanks. And it's it's nostalgic for me. It's very nostalgic. It's just, and, I, and I do have a question, actually, before we get into it. I want to shoot this one to Alex. Do you remember the very first episode of Spartan Sports Rap that you did? I do remember the very first episode. Uh I mean, it was. I was nervous. It was. Were it, you? Yeah, oh, it's, it's funny. my first time. That's funny. On, I mean, I was Shark on the impact. Nervous. Yeah, it was crazy. I still get nervous sometimes. Oh, of I course. Calm, cool, and shark. It's a good, it's like. a good nervous. Cool shark. Yeah. It's a good nervous. Wow. No, I actually, I don't. Re- I remember the very first goon of the week. Speaking of goon of the week, is it that special <laughs> time? Well, it is. Our, it is a special <laughs> time. We got to do goon of the week. We got it. Goon, 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 goon. Goon uh, of the week. Oh, uh, it's that time. It's Goon of the week, and it's our last Goon of the let's week. Let's start with Max because he has one down here that's that's pretty funny. Our last Goon of the week, Maxie. Well, yeah, I I don't know if you watched College Game Day over we the do. weekend, but ESPN analyst David Pollock did not have himself a great outing. Did okay, he? the former Georgia standout went on when they were talking about the uh, next year's NCAA uh, playoff selection committee. He came out and said he did not think women should be on the committee that's after someone broke that Condoleezza Rice was going to oh, be on it no. he said that they shouldn't be on it because quote he wants someone who we can watch tape and who played football and of course every analyst there was disagreeing and there's people patting him on the back probably pinching him to tell him to be quiet but that's my good in the week. David Pollock going out there, and I got I to gotta agree with Did everyone else. Did he an apology for that at all? Do you he, know? he went over Twitter and said he, he, quote, clarified that he just meant that he didn't want someone who hadn't had lots of experience 
but come on, we all know what he so, meant. Yeah. And Aaron Andrews, the beloved, the, the the veteran uh, host who's, who's now at Fox Sports One, she made a little comment at the end of her show saying that she she was signing off. She said, "I'm a woman, and this is college football. This is the college football show." So a little shout out, a little him. shout out. Wow, paying Aaron Andrews, I guess. All right, real quick, your goon. My goon of the week has to be Steve Smith. He said the referee was garbage, and this is his quote. He said, "To be honest, I make enough money where if Roger Goodell wants to find me, he can." I really think that referee was probably the sorriest referee I've ever met. Number 64, he was garbage. Good of the week. <laughs> Steve Smith for using my word over the NFL. That's mine. All right, very good. Real quick, just the Dominic Rayola thing. Aaron Jordan actually was here, actually talked about it first. He, he, he picked up the Burkhead tweet, which was pretty cool. But uh, now it's been picked up. ESPN just picked it up. Deadspin's Deadspin picked, picked it up. It up yeah. So, yeah, uh, the, the, the abuse of the Wisconsin fans, take a look if you haven't. Buffino, without any more regards. Without any more regards, it's just... A pleasure to be here, and Shargi, yeah. with Fino, with Matt, so I'll let you have the last one. All right, yeah. Uh, for everybody listening, thank you for over the many years for supporting. It's a momentous day, a new legacy in the future. Next week, the Pact will be launching. Impact Sports will launch this weekend. There's a lot to look forward to. So for Max, Fino, any of you guys' last words? It's been great. Love, and I'll see you guys next week. From all of us at the Spartan Sports Wrap, we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.